they've been longtime friends of our church here, Spirit of Life. Um, I prayed before service. Every time he comes, um, and, and, you know, when, whenever we have somebody kind of from the outside, a trusted voice, I always look at it from my heart. I just, I want to come prepared that, that the Lord is going to use Mitch to kind of stretch the horizons of my spiritual walk. Um, if we've been, if you've been a believer very long, it's so easy to just kind of settle into a rut of how we do things, how we've seen the Lord move. What, uh, you know, our, our theology sometimes even drifts into line up with what I've experienced and what I haven't experienced. And, um, and when Mitch has come and, and joined us, I've, uh, I've always come prepared to let the Lord just kind of stretch me out of that rut and him share with us um, uh, a going beyond. And so I encourage you um, just to, to listen with an open heart, come prepared um, uh, to hear from him and let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just do a powerful work in your heart this morning. Can we do that? All right, let's give uh, Mitch a, a hand as he comes up. Well, the good news is that even if you didn't prepare your heart this morning, Jesus is still really good at what he does. So, you know, I, I've been to church when, I, you know, I've been to church when I've been full and an overcome coming attitude and spirit. And then I've, I've been to church the times where you just barely make it through the doors. And so... I'm just glad they have it every week. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, it's a blessing to have a place to gather and get something you didn't have the day before, or share something that you've received that somebody else needs to uh, experience. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do today. We thank you, Lord, for the, the grace that's already here. We thank you for the ministry. Thank you for Pastor Jonathan and. Becky, as they come back, Lord, we just pray that their heart is full, and Lord, that they come back with, with a fresh direction. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing the Lord writing. Uh, he's been writing. Uh, Jonathan's going to come back, Pastor Jonathan's going to come back with a list that he really felt like the Lord mandated, he, that the Lord spoke to him. I see a pencil um, writing things out. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for the downloads that we get sometimes when we are not in our normal our normal uh, place. Hey, I just want you to close your eyes for just a minute. There just has been a realm that's just opened up. I just want to just kind of stay in this. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the things that you're speaking to people right now. Thank you, Lord, for your, that you love us and you speak. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we turn our hearts and our ear towards you, God, that there's a voice that is it's like it's behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And we just thank you for the direction of the Holy Spirit this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm seeing a compass right now. I'm seeing like a, a compass, but it's not really set on a, on a direction. It's kind of, you know, when you first maybe turn them over, <laughs> it's been a long time since I really held a compass. But uh, does everybody know what a compass is? Okay. Anybody under 20 know what a compass is? All right. There's one on your iPhone. So yeah. But anyway, it's supposed to tell you where north is. And if you know where north is, I guess you're supposed to be able to get oriented. But uh, sometimes they get kind of messed up and they just kind of spin. And I just want to pray for, uh, I'm going to throw out a couple things here we're going to pray for. And if any of these uh, 
connect with your life or circumstance, we want to pray for you, uh, very similar as we just did in the time uh, at the end of worship. So, so I see someone that it's like you just don't have direction. You just have no sense of direction. And, uh, and Lord, I just thank you for, the, for that. And there's also, a, I see in a, a picture right now of, of a sailboat without a sail. And, uh, cause, and it's not like it can't put sail up. The sail's not there. And so something is missing. And so if you, you don't have direction or you feel like something is missing, we're going to want to pray for you here in a moment. So just kind of, if either one of those connected with you, we want to, we want to, uh, we want to run with that. And Lord, what else he's saying in Jesus' name? I had a, a a movement of sometimes when the Holy Spirit wants to heal something, I see like a quick movement, and I saw this movement through the chest area, maybe a lung condition, or uh, something through here. I just saw like just like something just move across the chest. So if you have any any condition in your heart or or in your lungs, uh, we're just going to pray for that. Or and uh, Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Wow. We just did a service last week in Texas. A lady had uh, had some sort of abnormality with the bones on her foot, and she said while we were praying that the bone reshaped. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she said, Yeah, it was, it was painful. It was one of those painful lumps that kind of grow. I don't I don't know my feet. Abnormality is very good, but uh, anyway, she was just amazed at the what she saw happen with the Lord. Also, in, when we were in Grand Island, did a conference. There was a lady who had six months had water under her heel, and uh, she had therapy every day, uh, where the therapist had to work the water out with his his thumbs, and so she had therapy every day, and uh, for six months, and it was really painful. It get painful uh, over the day, more and more as the water would gather, and uh, so we prayed for her several times. I didn't, but there's others. We had a prayer time. And uh, she said when she left, she goes, she didn't really see any difference. It, it, it felt the same. And then by the time she went to bed, she's like, well, it feels something's different. She wakes up in the morning with no pain. Yeah. That's just a good thing right there. She woke up in the morning, there's no pain. And she still had her therapy session. She goes into the therapy, uh, therapist and therapy guy starts working on her, and he goes, hey, there's no water. What, what did you do? There's, some, it's, there's no water in, in this. Where, and, and she goes, well, the only thing that's different is I got prayer in church last night, and uh, I woke up without pain. And so, you know, Jesus is, is still amazing. Yeah. Um, in spite of the things in my life or your life that's not healed yet, you know, we went through really uh, difficult season, uh, those of you who know us and know our family, we we lost uh, lost a, a promise three years ago. Um, Lord had spoken to us that we were going to have a son, and we got pregnant, and the baby didn't live, and started a real it's, it's, it's hell on earth. Matter of fact, we want to pray for anybody who either is trying to have children and you can't, or you've had many miscarriages and and you still are carrying some sort of weight about that we want to pray for you this morning as well but uh so anyway fast forward uh and here we are and why don't you go ahead and danny why don't you bring carson up here and just we just want to show him off
not because he looks like me, but but he he might. But it's, it's really about the promise. It's really about the faithfulness of God to his promise. And sometimes we don't understand when you have a promise and something goes south and, and it's confusing and painful and uh, we've and, uh, and the matter of fact I have other promises that, that we didn't get as dramatic of, of, a, of, a, uh, of a solution um, not only did we lose the baby but we couldn't get pregnant again where she couldn't <laughs> we couldn't and so that had just added to the, the whole Lord we don't, we don't know we just felt broken and uh but yet God is faithful and we can we we look down every every moment at having Carson in the house and hearing his little wiggles and grunts and other noises <laughs> and we're reminded that God is faithful you know what if God didn't do another thing in our life we're not going to hell if seriously if he didn't do nothing else and he does do so much more that that would be sufficient because one day in his courts is better than a thousand outside so you have anything you want to share all right we just all right so let's pray quickly amen god is good if you feel like you don't have directness direction i want you to stand up if you feel like you have lost your sail i want you to stand up uh, if you have a condition in your chest area, I want you to stand up. Uh, and what was the other one? Uh, if you have lost a baby or you want to get pregnant, you can't get pregnant, or you're grieving still about miscarriages, I want you to stand up. Okay, everybody has any of those conditions, I want you to stand up. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to pray. And uh, the Lord might begin to release other things, but uh, Lord, we just thank you for what you're starting we'll do some ministry here and we'll make room at the end as well but we just want to there's just something on this right now so holy spirit we just thank you that you're here thank you lord thank you lord if you are somewhere around someone right now would you just look around and uh if you are standing put at least one hand up in the air so we can make sure we can put a hand on your shoulder uh and then I want you not to go to the necessarily to the nearest person. I want you to go to the person your heart is drawn to the most. Can you do that for me if you want to help me pray? So those that are sitting down, I want you to go find someone to pray for real quick. That your heart is drawn to. That's probably a good thing you're drawn to him. That's a, you'll, thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for what's being released right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for miracles, Lord. We pray for every person that that has no direction. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for right now, we thank you for, let the Holy Spirit, God, begin to, you are the guide. We just recognize, Holy Spirit, that you are the one who guides us. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but you direct the steps. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for the direction. There is a direction. There is a direction. Lord, they may not have known it, yet but lord there is a direction and so lord we thank you for that in jesus name for direction 
Thank you, Lord, whether it comes through an opportunity, it comes through a relationship, comes through a, a revelation, comes through a vision, comes through a, 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 some sort of direct word. Lord, we thank you that there is a direction in Jesus' name. And Lord, at a minimum today, Lord, I thank you, Father, for the encouragement, Father, that there is a way. Jesus, you make a way. There, You are the way. There is a way. I thank you, Lord, there is a way that we're to walk. And Lord, I thank you that you have a specific plan for these people in Jesus' name. Lord, we also pray for every person that their sail is gone. And Lord, whether it was ripped off in a storm or they, they don't know. They just have nothing to, they have nothing. They feel like they bring nothing to this. Lord, I want to follow you, but I bring nothing. I have nothing. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that what, what we do have, we give you right now. We give you our broken boats. We give you our broken vessels. We give you, God, our dreams. Our, well, Lord, Lord, the broken dreams, Lord, we pray right now for broken dreams. We pray in Jesus' name for those that have been defiled by hope deferred. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for, for a release of encouragement and faith in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for a new sail. We thank you, God, for a new vessel. Matter of fact, I thank you, Lord, that this is even going to be confirmed for somebody that you're actually going to get a, a, a new vessel, a something that moves, a car, a truck, or something. Lord, I thank you for confirmation, Lord, just because you, you like to show off. So, Lord, I thank you, Father, for the unexpected things. But, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for those things that are in specific to individual people's lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a sail so that they can catch the wind. Thank you, Lord. They're willing to go. They just have nothing to push, nothing to catch it with. Thank you for a vessel to catch the wind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray for, we pray for those, God, who are grieving, have lost babies, miscarriages, uh, grief, pain, there's fear. Father, we put the blood of Jesus over every pain right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for just grace. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for miracles in Jesus' name in the womb for those who still want to have a baby. And Lord, we just thank you for that. Matter of fact, if you have uh, grandkids or you have children that, that you represent them right now, just speak a baby being born in Jesus' name. Lord, we speak babies being born in our family lineage in Jesus' name. Healthy babies, healthy babies, healthy babies. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we also pray, God, for just miracles in this room. Lord, I pray for your power to manifest, Lord, in the chest area, hearts, lungs. Lord, I pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. Lord, I also pray, Lord, for just relief from from uh, chronic uh, problems, chronic pain in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for swelling, swelling and conditions that swell to be, uh, be uh, um, Lord, whatever's causing the uh, inflammation. Lord, we command the inflammation right now to disappear, to be broken. Lord, we thank you, Father, for structural uh, problems with bones being remade, whatever you want to do, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shift people's bodies. Lord, just let them pop in place in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for a miracle on the eye. I see something about an eye socket. I don't know if it's a pain in the, behind the eye or something like that. But Lord, we just release that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is anybody, I uh, just want to just quickly, that you are, have, uh, you just feel the presence of God on you right now? Why don't you wave at me? 
feel the presence of God in any way? You feel like his, his love, his blessing, his presence? Anybody? Let me see. There's a couple. Lord, let it increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, miracles are just a manifestation of love. So, you're loved whether you feel it or not. You're loved whether you have a miracle or not. But when God touches us, it's a miracle. One of my favorite testimonies comes from a, my friend Joaquin from Bethel. And uh, he shares a testimony about a season which he didn't feel nothing for, for he didn't feel nothing, ever. Just, he went through, I mean, it was a long time, just felt, couldn't feel God, couldn't, and, uh, and then there was one service after this long, dry time that, that he felt the presence of God in, I can't remember which finger it was, in one finger. When he would worship, one of his fingers would tingle. And that's the only thing he had. And he's used to having like, you know, visions and, you know, amazing encounters. But he'd been going through the season. He didn't feel God at all. And then in this one service, he feels God like a small tingle in one finger. And so he would go home, and in his worship time, he would just there. He'd go, wow, God made my finger tingle. <laughs> and he would just celebrate what God was doing. And it, 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 really, it, it really highlighted something to me is that we only celebrate the big things. You know, it's a miracle sometimes when you just have peace with all the stuff you're dealing with. You know, it's a miracle sometimes that you, you haven't lost your mind, that you were able to hold your tongue. Some of you need that miracle. No. <laughs> so anyway I want to I want to share something today that I feel this has probably been one of the most significant words the Lord's dropped in my own life and it's kind of been evolving I would say for about a year um, it kind of got thrust back into my uh in my mind, I was already starting to walk in this more, but when uh, we went to Israel, you know, I was on the same trip Pastor Jonathan was on, and, um, and there's so many levels the Lord speaks to you and ministers to you, and, and, and it's not necessarily, it, it includes the nation and the geography and history. I mean, if you get a chance to go, you really should go. Um, but just for, for time's sake, just the thing that, that God really struck me with was we were driving through uh, Jerusalem, the, the city, with the old city is where the temple is. And so we're driving, we can see the old city, we can see the, see the walls around uh, the, where the t Temple of Solomon was, which is where the Dome of the Rock is. And our tour guide, he's just been giving, you know, kind of instructions as we're driving. And then he turns and he points to uh, the Temple Mount and he says, that is the most contested geographic place on the planet. And when he said that, it just hit me. 
And he goes on to say there's three, three religions that claim that as their, their holy place. The Muslim, the Jew, and the Christian. He says the spiritual atmosphere of contention over that place, if there was one second something changed in the natural, it would either be overrun by the Jews, overrun by the Muslims. Well, actually the Muslims are in control of the, of the Temple Mount right now, but the city, the old city is divided into four sections. And of course, the Christian. I mean, the, the, literally every day there are Jewish Orthodox Jews who are practicing the temple rituals to offer sacrifices again the minute that uh, that the that worship could be restored on the temple mount and that would take some some major political shifting for that to be the case but my point is this is that that is the most geograph most contested geographic place on the earth and then our guide went on to say and he says, actually, the borders of Israel are the most contested borders geographically. He says, if, if Israel doesn't respond to an attack, and, and they do, they, they, they respond, they retaliate with violent force. It's like they don't mess around. You touch Israel, and they will attack you. Because their existence, they have a mentality that they exist because they protect themselves, which is not totally true. They're established by God. God has established their borders. But the reality on the ground is that there, there are so many uh, enemies of Israel. And so they, they, that little, little spot, of, you know, it's so small. It's like driving from, from North Plata to Lincoln. It's about the size of Israel. It's crazy. It seems like it, you know, in my mind it was going to be a lot bigger, but it's, it's really not that big a place. And, and the, 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 the international hatred of that place and those people, it's, it's mind-boggling. And, uh, and then the Lord started speaking to me about this, and this is what I want to talk about, is that we are the most contested people on the planet. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been through a lot of stuff in your life, and you come to Jesus, and then you, you think that you're not going to go through any more stuff, then you find out you the difference is you still go through stuff, but you go through stuff with Jesus. And, and sometimes you go through some really hard stuff. And that's probably described some of you in here in this place. We went through a, we went through a hard season. It was hard. And, uh, and you get to a place where, you know what? I just want some peace. I, I just, I, I, I just want, I just, I'm a, I just want to sleep. I just want to, you know, I want peace within my boundaries and like the Lord was saying it's like I'm sorry son it's not going to happen in this world you have trouble 
But his peace, he leaves with us. I mean, there is peace, but, but it's not going to be peace at our borders. Our borders are always contested. You are never going to wake up on this planet without the devil hating you and wanting to eradicate you from the planet. There is a systematic governmental spiritual atmosphere and climate that doesn't want you to exist. That's why you just can't get up and la-di-da and life is good. Actually, life is very much contested. And so, I want to share some things the Lord's been given to me because I just have this word in my spirit. It's been burning my spirit for the last, and this actually started when, when things weren't going right. So I just want to win. I just want to win. If I'm supposed to be an overcomer, that means I should win. How many like winning? If you have to choose between winning and losing, anybody want to be a loser? No, there's not one hand. And if you put it up, it's like you didn't understand the question. Everybody wants to win. But you have to realize this, the, the setting that we're, we're dealing with here. And this is in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Uh, very familiar verse, but just listen to this. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I want to say this again. Put on the full armor of God that you may. Everybody say may. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And I'll read that last verse again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. The word may here is a really interesting word. It means that you might. <laughs> you may be able to stand, or you may not. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able. In other words, you, you can stand. God wants you to stand. It's possible to stand. You may be able to stand, but it's yet to be determined whether you will or not. You may be able to stand. It says this in 1 Peter uh, 5, 8. I don't know if we have it up there, but it says, be sober and Vigilant because the adversary, the devil, walks around like the roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for someone he may devour. Will he devour you? He may. But he may not. He can. Or maybe he can't. He may. What this tells me is that there is something that I have to do if I'm going to stand. It's not given just because God loves me that I am on this planet, God loves me, and I'm going to automatically stand. No, it says I may. I want to. God wants me to, but am I? And this is where I kind of got messed with because I got so tired. I was like, God, just fight. Man, just do whatever. I'm just tired. I'm just tired of fighting. I'm tired. And I began to lay down my weapons, and guess what? Just because you don't want to fight uh, doesn't mean if someone wants to fight you, huh, 
I don't want to fight. Well, well, what if somebody's already throwing rocks at you or throwing punches at you? You know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't want to fight, but you're in a fight. So the enemy, the, the, the devil, is seeking whom he may devour. You want to win? Well, you can. But you may not. That's a scary thought. You may be able to stand or you may not. If you want to stand, then you're going to have to do, you have to do what Jesus teaches us to do. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, it's kind of opened up this whole concept or, or reminded me of things that I was taught years ago about spiritual warfare. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. It says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. If you need weapons, that means you're in a war. If God has given us weapons that are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strong, that he's given us firepower. He's given us tools so that you may be able to stand. He wants you to stand, but maybe you don't know the weapons he's, you've been given. And you know, if you've walked in the body of Christ for, for and I've been doing this a long time, my daughter asked me how long I've been driving on the way to, it's like, I've been driving for 40 years. So that's a long time to be driving. So she hasn't drove yet. So, but I've been walking with Jesus for 30, I think I've been full-time full -time ministry for almost, I don't know, 18 years? No more? Okay, 30 years, dear God. So I've been doing this a long time. I've taught lots of things. I've, I've seen different philosophies and concepts of ministry uh, disseminate through the body. And some of it comes in, it's the big deal, and, and people move on to the next big deal. And, you know, you have people that stay in this camp and this camp. And spiritual warfare was one of those camps, one of those things where there are people are all over the map and what spiritual warfare looks like. Now, I was from the... I was from the camp where you prayed in tongues really loud. That was the main way you would deal with the devil, is volume. <laughs> volume and intensity. And so prayer, so spiritual warfare from my, my upbringing looked like this. Bam! It's like a machine gun. And if I sensed the devil anywhere around, I would fire off so many tongues so loud, I would keep my finger on the trigger until literally I was losing my voice because I want to win. Matter of fact, it's a very effective tool. If you don't have a uh, heavenly language, ask the Lord for it. It's a very effective, it's very effective in spiritual warfare. But it's not, it is mighty in God for the pull of down a stronghold, but it's not necessarily great. It's not the cure-all, the end-all to spiritual warfare. But it was in my day. And so whenever we had something demonic was happening, Matter of fact, I had friends that thought they were demonized because I prayed in tongues so much that as soon as they got around me, I'd just start praying in tongues. I'd walk up to them. It's like, 
tired, how you doing? Check out that I'm walking in that on the and they're like, Do I need deliverance? <laughs> it's just second nature to me. It's just the error that was brought up. It does it's it kind of shaped who I am. But um but it isn't necessarily all the the end of all, end of all things, you know. And then, the, you know, then we brought in the flags and the banners, and you know, and we've got a big, you know, freedom. And people are, are. I mean, I've been to some wild, crazy meetings. I mean, sword swinging, banner waving, and shagababas, and uh, I mean, and then we have the long warfare type worship. We had warfare songs. We'd march around cities. We'd march around the sanctuary. And if, if Jesus did it, or, or if it was anywhere in the Bible, it was spiritual warfare for us. It's like, man, we'll march around something. We'll march around this sanctuary seven times so we get a breakthrough. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, and if the Lord's in it, it's great. I mean, really, that's what it's all about, is hearing God and obeying Him. And, and so I don't want to minimize things like that. But... Um, I want to talk this morning. Uh, what time are we supposed to be done? You said 1130-ish? Okay. Well, I probably should get started. <laughs> so, so I want to talk today about two, two weapons. I'm going to talk about one. I'm going to mention the other one. And uh, that are overlooked because of their simplicity. But they're the, probably the most powerful weapons we've been given. And the first one is the name of Jesus. And I, I just taught a series in our church and over on Wednesday nights, and I, I did this thing on the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and angels. And, and when it comes to spiritual warfare, the reason why the name of Jesus is so important is because in my name you will cast out demons, it says in Mark chapter 16. In my name you will drive out demons. In other words, in my name, in the name of Jesus, you move the demonic. That's what, the, that's what the, you use the name of Jesus for, when you need to move something. When you need to move something demonic, you use in the name of Jesus. Right. If I needed to move this chair, the best way, I, I don't have a stick. If I had a stick or something, you know, if something won't move, if something is pretty immovable, if you get a lever, something you can work as a lever, like a crowbar or a, a, a two by four and you stick that down underneath there and you just, it, what, it gives you leverage. It multiplies your capacity. Well, that's what the name of Jesus is and that's why it's so effective in, in moving the devil. If you have some demonic thing, you use the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command you in the name of Jesus, go. So that's, I mean, one of the reasons it's good to revisit these things is we, Sometimes when the Lord starts to remind us of things that he's taught us, it gets, we get fresh faith for it because everything works by faith in the kingdom of God. And so we've been, how many said a prayer this morning in the name of Jesus? Well, but did, did you realize that when you said in the name of Jesus, he said, I would do, ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, so there was this oomph at the end of that prayer. When you said in the name of Jesus, it was like oomph. Something moved. So next time you say, in the name of Jesus, realize you just moved something. So I, I don't have time to go any farther, but what I want to talk about today is what I believe is the most powerful weapon that we've been given, and that is the blood of Jesus. 
And the reason why I know it's the most powerful one is because of Revelation chapter 12. And it says this in verse 11. And the context of this verse is the great uh, last days fight between the angels and the devil. And the devil is cast down and uh, the accuser of the bread, it, it, it says the devil's cast down and the victory's been given to the saints. It doesn't say woe to the earth in this. There's other places, woe. This says, and, and the victory's given to the church. And so, so the devil's cast down, victory's been given to the church, the accuser of the brethren's been cast down, who accuses them night and day, and then it says this, and they overcame him, the devil, because of the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life even to death. They overcame him, the devil, how? By the blood of the lamb. It is the greatest weapon, it is the greatest weapon been given to us in the body of Christ. And I have to tell you that up until probably maybe a year ago, I had zero revelation. I used the blood of Jesus. I sang blood of Jesus songs. I added blood of Jesus into some of my prayers, but I had no revelation of the blood of Jesus. And because I had no revelation of the blood of Jesus, I was not applying the victory that had been given to me through the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus only works when it's applied. And this is going to make more sense. So if you want to title this message, it's, it's the blood of Jesus applied. Because the blood of Jesus is, is different than the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, when applied, has, has more of a repelling characteristic. It's like, a, it's like insect repellent. Um, we were down in Texas last week and poor Journey went outside and we didn't know how bad the mosquitoes were, but they ate her alive. I mean, she came back. She, 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 I mean, her little white legs were just, just red knots. It, I mean, I felt like, oh, we're going to get turned in. <laughs> it just was, it was terrible, and I felt so terrible for her. And you know why she got ate up? Because she didn't have bug spray. But you know what? If I would have had some bug spray and, and she's getting ready to go outside and we do the she could have went outside and the devil would have been out there and yeah, I'm gonna, I want to bite you. I want to suck your blood. And then he would go to do it, but it's like, whoa. There's repellent. See, that's the way the blood of Jesus works. The blood of Jesus is like a repellent. Or the blood of Jesus, another way to describe, it's, it's like a medicine. It's like a medication. Matter of fact, have you ever seen one of these? This is a tube of medicine that I have in my drawer that has been in there so long that I can't remember what it did. And I got it in Honduras, and they prescribed it to me and about something I had, and I used it a couple times, 
and I didn't think it worked, and I threw it in my drawer. See, that's, that's the problem, the blood of Jesus. The most powerful weapon sitting in the drawer because I don't trust the way it works. Because it doesn't work. It's, it's the blood of Jesus, my experience has been, the blood of Jesus doesn't work like the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, when applied, it has more of an ongoing effect. Like, like an antibiotic or something working in, you have to apply it more than one time. I guess this was not a one-shot deal. Maybe that's why it didn't work. I used it for three days and threw it in the drawer. Maybe that, maybe that had something to do with the fact that I lost confidence in it. Well, if the blood of Jesus was, was a, in a tube, a medication, I just want to read to you the benefits or the, the, the prescription for this. this. So this could be found anywhere on the tube of the blood of Jesus. It says this on the prescription Apply when needed. Use topically or can be taken internally. Apply liberally on any affected area to fight infection and to promote healing. Used regularly, it'll forgive the deepest sin. It'll cleanse a guilty conscience. It'll close old wounds. It'll fight infection. It'll ward off enemies. It'll permit, prevent demonic manifestations. It'll make holy anything it touches, and the very aroma will cleanse spiritual atmospheres. It'll cancel curses and accusations against you. There are side effects. Side effects may include an increased awareness of the presence of God. An increased sense of gratitude. So here we have the most powerful weapon in a tube. But it only works when applied. Doesn't do any good in the drawer. And I think that's most of our mindset is because Jesus shed his blood, it's a finished work, it's a done work, so it's doing its work. Well, it may not be working for you. It can, but it may not. See, the devil uh, is seeking whom he may devour. I mean, mosquitoes are seeking whom they may devour, and if you don't put some sort of protectant on, you may get bit. And I'm afraid there's too much of the body of Christ going out into the world trying to do ministry, and we're getting devoured. And we have red welts, we itch all over, and no wonder we're not happy. And so that's what I have to say, is that as I've learned how to apply the blood of Jesus, I may not have peace at my borders, but I don't itch all the time. <laughs> and I'm not covered with red welts. There might be one or two, but it's not completely getting chewed up and spit out. So I want to talk how to apply the blood of Jesus quickly with the time that we have left. And uh, do you remember the, in the Old Testament, the last plague, the killing of the firstborn, the 10 plagues before they came out of 
Egypt. And the children of Israel were told by Moses, God instructed them to, to sacrifice uh, an animal, a bull or a goat or a lamb. And we're supposed to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Because if the blood was applied to the doorpost, that the plague of the death angel would pass over. So anywhere there was blood, there was not death. So if the blood was applied, no death. If it was not applied, there was death. You get the picture? So it depended on you whether or not there was going to be death in your house. I mean, you may be devoured, or you may not. You may have a bottle, but you may not be using it if you don't understand it. And that's what I'm going to try and do is help, by the grace of God, give you a little enough revelation that you at least will try to apply the blood of Jesus. So I want to give you some practical ways to apply the blood of Jesus here, and then we'll be done. The first way, if you want to learn how to apply the blood of Jesus, you need to realize that it's in Ephesians 1, 7, that in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in, the, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That it's through the blood of Jesus we have forgiveness. We all know that. That's the basic gospel is that you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Okay? How many believe you're forgiven? Well, let me ask you this question. How come you still feel guilty? How many of you have guilt? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I do. And what I realize is that I believe I'm forgiven, but I haven't applied forgiveness. And one of the ways you can apply forgiveness is that we have forgiveness. In him we have redemption through the, bl the blood, the forgiveness of sin. That it's through the blood that I'm forgiven. And so anytime I'm guilty whether I've done something or I remember something I've done, it's amazing how guilty I can feel about things I've done in the past. They have no bearing on my life today. It could be 20 years ago, for goodness sake. But all I have to do is go there mentally, and I can be defiled by the same thing that it's like, oh, such an idiot back then. Well, here's, here's the way this works, is you take your blood, your, your, your prescription, and you take some of this and you put it on your finger and you go to the place, the source of that guilt, and you go and you say, I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I am forgiven by the things I did in 1977. I apply the blood of Jesus to 1977. I apply the blood of Jesus to 1983. I apply the blood of Jesus to every stupid act that I did in willful disobedience. I apply the blood of Jesus. Anytime I feel guilty, I take the blood of Jesus and I go and I apply it. Because once the blood of Jesus is applied, I'm free. And it works in the past, it works in the present. It's like you you walked in this morning and you looked over at uh, Pastor Kelly and said, you know what, I don't like that shirt. You turned to, turned to your wife and said, I don't like the shirt he's wearing. She turned to you and your wife turns to you and says, well, you just sinned, you just gossiped. It's like, well, it's like, well, you have an opportunity to get right with God. 
Instead of feeling guilty all through the service, you can take the blood of Jesus and apply it to your sin. Because the blood of Jesus breaks the power of guilt. So you add it into your prayer. How do you, how do you apply the blood of Jesus? You, be, you begin to add it into your prayers that you're already praying. Most of the time, people spend the most spend 30 minutes of the service trying to get out from underneath the guilt they feel. And you don't even know why you're guilty. And so you just pray, Lord, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. I've no, I've been, I've been there, done that. But you need to stop saying, please forgive me, and say, Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that forgives me of all my sins. And you apply that blood to whatever it is, and if you don't know what it is, just put the blood of Jesus and celebrate the fact that you are forgiven and quit asking for something you already have. So you apply the blood of Jesus to every sin, iniquity, or anything that causes shame. The second way you can apply the blood of Jesus in your life is you have to recognize that the blood of Jesus gives us access to the presence of God. It says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the, body, through the curtain, which is his body, you have access. The blood of Jesus gives you access to the presence of God. You want to defeat the devil? Get in the presence of God. And the reason why you can get in the presence of God is because the blood of Jesus not only forgave you, it opened a way. It made a way for you to be with God. You can be with God anytime you choose to, but the only way you can be with him is recognize that the way has been made open by the blood. Unfortunately, in the charismatic Pentecostal church world that we are, we think the way in the presence of God is singing because there is a verse that we enter his course with singing. But it's really not true. Under the new covenant, the only way in is by the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus is the way. And when applied, if you want a shortcut into the presence of God, you dwell. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you for the forgiveness of sin. I thank you for your blood. And you don't have to wait for the worship team to figure out what they're doing. It's like you go ahead and go in and meet them when they come. But we go into the presence of God through, through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus gives us access to God, but the best part about this is it also gave God access to us. It's a two-way thing. He can step in by the blood of Jesus. He can deal with us without a barrier because of the blood of Jesus. That's why sometimes when you're, you're a stinker, Jesus still moves in your life. You don't deserve it, but he's good. And he just steps in because he's merciful and kind. So, so we can apply the blood of Jesus anytime that we feel like there's separation or something that keeps us from the presence of God. It's like, I can't get in the presence of God. Well, Lord, I just thank you for your blood. I thank you. Lord, for your blood. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. There is no separation between you and I, that the way is open. It doesn't open and close. It's always open. But I can only go in through the blood, and when I begin to acknowledge the blood, you will find yourself becoming aware of the presence of God. Most of the time, we just get frustrated and quit. Well, I can't get in today. Well, that's... It's, it's typically just the fact that you got too much of your life you're wearing that you can't really feel it, the presence of God. But 
But the reality is, is that we only go in through the blood. The, the third thing that the blood of Jesus uh, does, did for us and how to apply it is this. It was in that verse we already read in Ephesians 1. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin. The word redemption here means to purchase or to change ownership, to buy back. Anything the blood touches, God buys. God owns. And so there's, you have some things in your life that don't seem like God is in control. Has there been events in your life that it's like, man, this thing, <laughs> that's, more like a, that's more like a devil bite than it is a, a God blessing. Well, that's what the blood is for. Anything the blood touches is redeemed. You could take a divorce. You could take losing. Uh, I, had, I had to do this with, with the loss of our baby. It's like, Lord, I just put the blood of Jesus over that pain. I just put the blood of Jesus over that miscarriage. I put the blood of Jesus over Danny. I put the blood of Jesus over her emotions. I put the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus works when applied. Apply it liberally to everything. This is what I, I have found to be the greatest weapon of, of every weapon that I've ever used is just to apply the blood of Jesus. And so I spend most of my time in prayer applying the blood of Jesus, applying the blood of Jesus to things in the past, things that, that haunt me, whether it's fear, shame, uh, uh, pain. It's like there's events in my life that open the door, and it's like the devil uses that door to re-injure me, to mess with my head, to mess with my emotions. But I found that if I put the blood of Jesus, God owns the door. So if you don't want to be defiled by the same things over and over again, apply the blood. Lord, I put the blood of Jesus on the door of, of that bad appraisal. Man, I got a bad appraisal, screwed up my financial life for eight years. And I just put the blood of Jesus over that. God redeemed it and made it all right. But, but the pain of that, I can, st I can still get mad if I want to think about it. And if you're an appraiser or do this, please, just be fair. That's all we ask. Amen. Lord. <laughs> but Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. So any event in your life in the past that has caused you pain or causes fear today, you can begin to deal with. And, and here's the thing. Don't think you can use it one time. I prayed one prayer, did it one time, and it's fixed. No, it's, you're the problem. So you have to apply when needed. When do you need it? Well, is it bothering you today? Then it's needed. When needed. So you apply it, and again, it's like a repellent. It just works. It does its thing, but it only works where it's applied. And so if I want to keep the devil out of haunting me in this, then I just keep putting the blood. I put the blood, and it's amazing how that's like there's a distance that just begins to happen in your life. I've never felt freer. I've never felt happier. And it's really weird what happened in six months. It's not because we've had a promise fulfilled, because that actually has come down the road. But it's been this gradual increase of victory because I just started applying the blood of Jesus to everything all the time. I want God, how many, how many want God to own everything? Yeah. He owns everything the blood touches. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it's commanded that every, the articles of the, the temple had to be cleansed with blood. It says that in Hebrews chapter 8, or chapter 9, verse 22, that the law requires everything be cleansed with blood. And so 
they had to go into the tabernacle and put blood and it's like everything in there was made according to pattern according to design it was made exactly the way God wanted it and God would look at it and goes, not good enough it's like what do you mean it's not good enough it's, I did it exactly the way you want no you need to put some blood put some blood on it and as soon as they put the blood on it's like boom it's perfect it's because anything the blood touches is holy Matter of fact, that priest himself had to have blood on his right ear, his right thumb, his right toe. That the priest himself has to be cleansed with blood. Everything is cleansed with blood, and anything the blood touches is made holy. And so, here's the way I do this in my life. And I'm going to just kind of close with this. And then we're going to have a, just a little prayer time. And, but, uh, so... When the girls are going to school, I usually get up early, and of course you know how cold it is here, and so I usually go out and start everybody's car. And so I'm, I'm already kind of, you know, you know I, either I'm praying or I'm, you know, and just enjoying the presence of God, whatever. But I get up, and it's time to go out and start the car. So I just, I just walk out, and when I walk out, I, I go, Lord, I just thank you today for Chandler. I thank you for her car. I put the blood of Jesus over, over Chandler's car today. I put the blood of Jesus over over her motor, I put the blood of Jesus over her driving, I put the blood of Jesus over her tires. Man, we've had a lot of problems with tires. And so I need Jesus to own tires in my house. So it's so like, Lord, I put the blood of Jesus, put the blood of Jesus over, over, over the, the, the travel back and forth to Amherst. And then I'll go out in JC's, Lord, I put, put the blood of Jesus over JC's car, I put the blood of Jesus over her day, I put the blood of Jesus over her mind. And usually as I start applying the blood of Jesus, I just find more things to put the blood of Jesus on. See, what I'm doing is I'm applying. I'm taking the cap off in my prayer. All I'm doing, I pray already. Now I'm just adding the most powerful weapon in the, all creation to my prayers. And so I just start to think about, you know, J.C. and her life. Lord, I put the blood of Jesus over J.C., put the blood of Jesus over her mind. I put the blood of Jesus over her heart. I put the blood of Jesus over her emotions. You can put the blood of Jesus on anything. And whatever it touches, it makes holy. It, it becomes a repellent to the demonic. I put the blood of Jesus over her destiny, over her dreams. I put the blood of Jesus. Put the blood of Jesus over my wife. I put the blood of Jesus over our marriage. I put the, how many would like the devil to not be able to bite you through your marriage? Don't walk up to your wife and go, I put the blood of Jesus on you in the middle of an argument. That's, that'll get you punched. This is what you do in prayer. It's like, Lord, I just put the blood of Jesus over Danny. I put the blood of Jesus over her mind. I put the blood of Jesus over her body. I put the blood of Jesus over her emotions. Lord, I put the blood of Jesus over our communication today. I put the blood of Jesus over our connection. Lord, I put the blood of Jesus over, over all the things and decisions that have to be made. Lord, I put the blood of Jesus over our ministry. Put the blood of Jesus over our finances. You just start putting the blood of Jesus. You're already praying about these things. You're already just take this, take the cap off. Start to put the blood on everything you're doing. Put the blood and then at the name, at the end, put the name of Jesus just to give it another good push. Enemy sick in whom he may devour. On the evil day, you may stand and when you've done all to stand firm. Let's 
bow our heads right now. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I, I, I pray for a revelation, Lord, far beyond the words that I spoke today. Lord, I, I just, Lord, wanted to open the, open the concept again, revisit. Lord, but I pray, Lord, that every believer here will pull the, pull the tube out of the medicine cabinet and, and realize there's more to this than what they've known. And Lord, I pray that you would begin to stir their hearts again with faith that they may win, that they may overcome, that they may stand. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you today for your faithfulness. We just thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of Revelation. I'm going to go ahead and turn it back over to Kelly, and, and then I'll come back up, and we'll do close out with some more ministry. That was good. And I love, uh, you know, I've been, a, I've been a believer for well over 30 years, and I love it when somebody like Pastor Mitch comes and, and can just open the word that's been there in front of me my whole life and, and just speak something that, that is just powerful, 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 something that I've either forgotten or, or something the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to my heart um, before. Um, we're going to do some, we're, we're going to do a couple of things here. First of all, I want to bless uh, Pastor Mitch and his family. Um, and uh, we're gonna, then we're going to go into just a moment of worship here, just seal this, this service with just a little bit of worship. And then we're going to invite uh, Mitch back up again. And uh, we're, we're not done here, so stick around. Um, if the Lord's stirring anything in your heart at all, I encourage you just to stay where you're at and, uh, um, and uh, let Mitch just continue in ministry here. He's going to, um, I know, just do some ministry and, and opportunities to, to speak some things over us and, and pray with us. Um, and, uh, but first off, um, guys, we are, we are a generous church. And uh, we just read, I was just um, struck this week, was reading in, um, in our Spirit of Life reading plan in 2 Corinthians. And it really lays out clearly in there, but it's really a theme throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our responsibility and our joy as the church to bless and support the ministers of the gospel. Um, it's a calling and it's a joy on our, on our part. And so um, I, and, and Mitch came to, to bless us, to again, stretch our horizons. And um, so if we could have the ushers come and just prepare to um, receive gifts for Mitch. Um, I challenge each of you to uh, give generously. Uh, again, Mitch has for years poured into this house, stretched us, challenged us, blessed us, um, and, uh, and let's, uh, let's bless him and his family. Can we do that? So I just want to pray over him and his family real quick. Ushers, we'll, we'll have you guys receive those gifts, and then we'll go into a time of worship here. Jesus, I praise you for um, Pastor Mitch and his family, for Danny. Lord, the things that you're doing in their lives, through their lives, Lord, the incredible testimonies they bring of what you're doing around the world each time they come. And I pray that those testimonies would bring fruit here in this house as well, in our bodies, in our spiritual walk, in our relationships, and in our ministry to this community. Lord, I just declare blessing over those testimonies for each one of us. Lord, I thank you for this message of the power of your blood, Jesus. Lord, that blood that gives us access, that blood that gives us healing, that, that blood that gives us power and cleansing and restoration. I bless that. And Lord, I just speak um, blessing and favor over, uh, over Pastor Mitch and Danny and their family. Lord, protection over their kids, their cars, their home. 
Um, Lord, bless them richly for, for the dedication to your gospel. Bring the power of you, Holy Spirit, to uh, this place. Thank you, Jesus. Ushers, if you could come. And uh, we're going to go into just a moment of worship here, and then I'm going to call Pastor Mitch back up.